You're listening to Arrowhead Radio. He doesn't love us because we're good. He loves us because he's good. You can't steer a boat that's not moving. We, need, we as Christians, we need to start opening our mouths. And it says that he who believes on the Son has life, and he that does not believe um, does not have life, and the wrath of God abides on him. Uh, to me, one of the greatest things God did to me was give me peace, give me a hope, give me a promise. And I thought, I have eternal life. I'm, I'm about for heaven, and it's, it's forever. I'm Mark Dana. And I'm Venus Cote. And this is Hope to the Nations. I'd like to introduce my good friend, Chris Kikwish, and she lives in Sioux Lookout with her husband, Gary Kikwish, and, and uh, they have two boys. And Chris is from the Paw, Manitoba, and I was privileged to be able to sit under she and her husband's teaching at Bible school. That's where I got to know Chris from, and she's an amazing lady. And so today we're just going to listen to uh, Chris's testimony. We already heard her husband, and and now we get to uh, listen to the better half. That's right. Better, the best is yet to come. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, um, when I was probably about 12 years old, I was um, outside. My mom was, I remember my mom was just washing clothes, and I was born in a place called Umperville. It's probably about a hundred people in the settlement and it was uh um it wasn't in treaty land so we grew up uh non treaty and we we lived in uh, a house that my my dad and my uncle built. And so um you know that's all I remember. We didn't have no um, electricity or anything and my mom was uh, washing clothes in this old washer outside and it was a nice mm. day and then somebody came driving into into Amperville and just walking and and talking to my mom and I saw this big tall guy and I went running over there and I was just curious to what he, they were talking about and here it was this uh, missionary, um, Cliff McComb. Oh, and, wow. Uh, he was asking my mom if there was um, kids that could go to Bible camp that would be old enough to go. And uh, my yeah. mom said, um, oh, I have a daughter, an older daughter. She could go. And then I said, uh -huh. well, why can't I? Can I go with her too? And, <laughs> And so my yeah. my um, my mom said, "Can she go?" And she and Cliff said, "Sure, she can go. She she's yeah. with her sister anyway." I was yeah. already about twelve at the time, and uh, we went to um, Clearwater Lake. That's where they had the Bible camp, and mm -hmm. uh, it was really uh, a nice place. And I wasn't. Uh, I, I remember being there and the lake was so beautiful because we never seen it, even though it was only about uh, 20 miles away. And 
had we never seen this blue lake. And that's where the Bible camp was. And they had a preacher there that would preach every night. And we'd go to chapel. And the message that he was speaking about was, um, you know, what would you do or what do you think, you know, you would think if somebody, if people started, you know, if God called people and he would call them by name and they would go to heaven. And that really caught my attention. And, um, and I said to myself, I said, oh, I wonder how you could do that. How can God know your name? So I yeah. um, went and asked a preacher after, after the, the service and I asked him, how do I do that? I want to go to heaven too people to heaven and i want to go too and he said uh -huh. sinner's prayer that day and i know that the lord came into my heart that day because that's the day that i remember you know god entering into my life and helping me to to do what is right and you know to just convict me of um the things that i did right or did wrong and so those are things that i remember so I'm mm -hmm. glad that I accepted the Lord and I'm glad that, you know, there was somebody there that had a burden for, for kids to know, to know the Lord. So that's how I came to know the Lord through Bible camp. Does the Lord still call your name today? Yeah, I think, you know, there's times that I feel that God is um, still um, wanting us to work for him and, calling us to this communities in the north and and the other day we had a privilege of um, leading a person to the lord he was dying of cancer and they didn't know that if he would live uh another day because he was um terminally ill and he's just a young man but right mm. away when i asked him do you want to be sure that you want to go to heaven do you want to pray that when you pass away that god will take you home and he said yes right away so it was you know the lord is just still helping us and and even in our own um weaknesses and gary is not very well and stuff like that so it's really not answering prayer and in, in, in reaching out to people you know yeah and, in our workplace, we're not, you know, in that in this community, we can share the gospel, but only if people ask us about it and stuff like yeah. that. But it's a lot of times it's there's a lot of opportunities people are willing to listen. You work in the drug and alcohol sector, right? You're working with addictions. Am we I right? With, um, all all um, ages from young to to old. We work yeah. with uh, people in addictions, but we also work with um, young people that are struggling at home and stuff like that, marital and all kinds of stuff, things so like you, that. But yeah. there's doctors there too that help us along. Yeah. So you do, you do a lot of counseling then? Yes, we do a lot of counseling with uh, youth and with um, parents of the yeah. youth. Yeah. So it's really. Um, I think it's a ministry for us. Yes. Time. 
And yes. uh, we, we love what we do to help people. That's That was our desire. That's the kind of desire that Cliff and, and his wife had put in my heart to have for people is to have uh, to help them in any way that I can, because I know that I've seen their lives when they lived in Bigetti Reserve in the Paw. They would have this kindness all the time. They would be so kind and helpful to people. And and I said, when I grow up, I want to help people too. And so I, I said, okay, what am I going to do then? Well, how am I going to help people? So when I went to, to um, school, I started after work. I after school, I would do, um, you know, nurses' aid. I said, maybe this is how I can help people. So I started mm -hmm. doing nurses' aid after school, and pretty soon we were right into it. We had to learn how to do things, and so one of the things was learning how to, when a person passes away, this is what we have to do and to to help prepare this person. Mm -hmm. I could do that. But then one day they told us to go to the eMERGE side of the thing. And um, they said, um, this is what we expect you to do to help people too. As you become a nurse, this is, these are things that you need to help people with. They bought in a, a person from the eMERGE and this person was just groaning. And we, we were standing be, behind there watching the nurses work and then i looked to see this person and they were bleeding and oh. and all of a sudden i got ill and i just about threw up and the nurse looked and said get out <laughs> so that was in my nursing career i, oh, I said, oh. stand seeing blood <laughs> so. i heard the doctors that that actually have that problem but <laughs> so I never became a nurse, so I said, okay, what else do you want me to do that when I help people? <laughs> I don't think your life has always been easy. How has God helped you, and what ways has he helped you and your family? I mean, other than living with Gary, which is another whole, whole wax. <laughs> well, God has been helping us deal with, um, you know, especially with Gary's illness, too. I know mm. when he first got ill about uh, in 2013, I, uh, you know, it, it really took a toll on, on me because I felt like, no, I'm going to be, you know, losing him any time now. But throughout the years, the Lord has been helping me and giving me the strength to keep going because it seems like the Lord still wanted to use him. And he's still using him today. How did you two meet? Because I know Gary's from Weagma uh, uh, Lake and you're from the Pa. How did you two come together? I guess I was struggling um, after, you know, for a while there. I used to go to make myself go to um, Sunday school because there was a missionary that lived right next door to us. So we used to go to Sunday school and that's how I grew to you know, in my Christian life. But that was probably when I was about 15. By that time, um, there was another missionary that came in there, Betty Lumley. Mm. And then um, Mrs. Butler came in there and she helped us a lot. And we used to go there and learn about, you know, 
it would teach us how to read the Bible and learn. And so it was really helpful for me when I was younger. But as I got to be 16, I kind of drifted away from the Lord and didn't go to church as much. And so I started to hang around with uh, my friends who weren't, you know, really following God. And even though they came to um, Bible camp and stuff like that, but they weren't really following the Lord. But I I um, started hanging around with them and we started drinking. And up until, I guess, from 16 all the way till to 19 years old, I still felt the conviction of the Lord in my life. And I would dream these dreams that, you know, God was coming and I was left behind because I know that my life was not right. And I got so discouraged and I said, well, I guess my life is, I'm not a Christian anymore. So I just kind of felt defeated and wanted to give up and even give up on life. And I ended up in a hospital. And then Cliff McComb came in again and he talked to me. He says, God never leaves you. Even though we do wrong, God is always, you know, forgiving us when we ask him to forgive us and to change our, you know, ways of way we do things. He's always there to help us. And, and I said, well, I can't really do anything here. There's not really any encouragement from other people. And he said to me, he says, well, there's a Bible school up in Alberta, he said. Um, would you be interested in that if I had information about it? And I said, sure, I'd be interested in, in that. So he got me a brochure and I, and I filled out the information and I sent it in. And that's how I came to Wheaton um, Bible Institute. And I'm glad that, you know, Cliff was able to help me with that too. And so he said, all you, all you have to do is just find a way to get there. And um, so my brother-in-law, and there was another girl that came with us, and her name is Vera. And I said, do you want to go to Bible school too? Because I didn't want to go by myself. <laughs> and she said, okay. <laughs> Anyways, when we got, we, we got to Alberta, um, um, and, I t and she was talking, she said, I don't think I want to stay here. It looks too lonely here. He says, um, and I said, no, just stay. Because I don't want to be here by myself. And so um, I said <laughs> to, to her, I said, well, if we don't decide to not stay here, well, no, by morning. And so breakfast time the next morning, we went down and we were looking around for my brother-in-law and my, and my sister. But I guess they were... <laughs> They left us <laughs> after they dropped us off. So I said, okay, we're stuck here. <laughs> so I guess that's what he thought too. I said, they're going to get lonely. We better get out of here. <laughs> so, so, so that's how I came to Bible school. <laughs> I was there and I graduated in 1979. And that's where Gary was going to school. I know the next morning I said, oh, I wonder who's all here. And the first person that was, when we were at the, at the breakfast table, me and Vera, the first person that comes down is this, this big, tall guy. 
going missing steps and just oh. coming down. <laughs> Here was Joe Kakigamic and Gary was right behind him. <laughs> That's how, that's how we got to meet the students and uh, they were just coming down for breakfast wow. <laughs> and, uh, and that's how you know, Gary the very first time <laughs> but um, throughout the three years that we were in Bible school really learned a lot of you know letting the Lord work and helping me in dealing with me in the things that he wanted me to learn. And one of the things that the, the um, Dean of Women noticed from the very beginning until the end of the, uh, when I graduated, he had told me, you know, you're a little bit more receptive. He said, when I first saw you and I hugged you, you were just as stiff as a board. And now, you know, you're you're hugging back. And I said, because I never knew, because I was taught that it was wrong to touch people, uh, to because mm. I never really had that growing up. So the Lord Sorry. really taught me a lot of stuff. Yeah. To the students that we interacted with and, you know, just helping us to um, learn from each other, I guess. And I'm thankful for the students that were there because they really encouraged me in my life. Yeah. And how you know, the Lord was working in their life and in their testimonies that they share where they came from and how the Lord has worked in their lives. And yes. Fred Evans was one of the ones that was there and really in, encouraged us, like Fred and Charlotte. Yeah. So we were really um, privileged um in that also jimmy and his wife and uh, so we were just really so thankful for the ones that were there the lord really helped us to you know to love one another and to help each other and it was really an encouraging time for me so did you start dating him in bible school or <laughs> no what had happened <laughs> was uh, I guess uh, uh, when I graduated, eh, we were having after in the evening, they had this um, reception and um, we were all just uh, at the reception after a service. And then I, I, I looked up and I saw Gary coming toward me. I said, oh, I wonder what he wants. <laughs> and he comes up to me and he says, he says, can I write to you? Yeah, that's all he said. <laughs> and I said, I said, sure, <laughs> you can write to me. And then that's all he said. He walked back. Oh, and then, I, and then uh, <laughs> years later, he says, I couldn't. He says, um, when I did that, he says, um, I couldn't um, stand there any longer because he says, I thought my I was going to just drop on the floor. That's why I walked away so quickly. <laughs> Pretty nervous, I guess. Yeah, very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah. that we started writing um, letters after Bible school, and that's how we got to know each other more. Mm. So the Lord was uh, in that one, too. So how many years have you been married now? Um, we've been married 38 years, and 
will be celebrating 39 on May 15. Wow. Same, same as us. I remember it was like the same year. Yeah. Yeah. Same mm -hmm. as. Yeah. It yeah. Is. yeah. The Lord has, um, um, with our own, we wanted children, but the Lord had uh, other plans for us because we were not able to have children. But we were able to, um, we asked the Lord to give us children. We prayed one way or the other through adoption or through, you know, through giving us children. And the Lord um, saw fit to give us children through adoption. Mm. We adopted two boys. Um, Joel yeah. was born in August 12, 1988. And um, we got him right from the hospital. He was only 10 days old. And we took him all the way to Round Lake. That's where we were, um, where Gary was pastoring at that time in 1988. And Albert Date was still alive then. And he was mm. so happy when he, when he, um, when we came home with a, a new baby, he was so happy for us. Yes. Yeah, and and um, and then in January 12, 1990, is when another uh, baby came into our lives, and his name is Timothy, and um, mm. he's originally from um, Winnipeg area, and Joel was from the Pa, where I'm from. And mm. they are now uh, 31 and 33. Wow, you've been blessed. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. and uh, Timothy yeah, is- they, they taught us so much. Timothy was quite active at uh, McGill even, right? He was, uh, he was quite <laughs> yeah. active. Yeah, he yeah. was very hyper. Yeah, <laughs> and um, they kind of changed now that Joel is an adult, he's more the, active one always going all over the place and timmy is more tim is more quiet now but he's both of our boys are fatal alcohol effects yeah and um they're drank when when they were carrying their babies but tim's mom mm -hmm. quit drinking when she found out she was pregnant and so tim wasn't as effective uh, affected as joel was joel's mom drank until she delivered so Joel has struggles with alcohol today, and we we continuously pray for him that he'll that the Lord will help him and will even heal him. We have five grandchildren, and uh, wow. the youngest one is uh, two years old, and he lives here in Sulakout, and he's a really smart little boy. He's going to be three, but he talks really good. <laughs> that's, that's the spoiled one there. <laughs> he 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 makes me laugh and he gives me um a lot of joy when he comes over one time i was sitting on a couch and i got up and i was you know how my leg is is kind of i just kind of walked with that like this like walking like this yeah and i went and put my cup in the in the kitchen and i looked behind and he is right behind me doing the same thing, going like this. I said, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we, we uh, um, you know, the, the Lord has blessed um, our son, Tim. He's gone to um, Toronto and he's 
Scottish journalism after three years of college. And then he decided to go to McGill University graduate with um, political science. And so he's um, graduated from there too. And now presently, he is uh, working with uh, Child and Family Services here in Sulakout. That's what he's doing right now. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One memory that I have of you and your husband yeah. was you used to teach at the Bible school. Yeah. And one time you and your husband came to Kamsak and you came to our church, our little mm -hmm. church. And I remember you and your husband and I got, I was just a young Christian at that time. And I took a, a form for Bible school. You had given me uh, an application to go to Bible school. Mm -hmm. And I had it for quite some time and finally I filled it out. And if it wasn't for you and your husband, I wouldn't have went to Bible school. Wow. So, mm -hmm. so that was a positive influence that you had in my life. Oh, wow. Yeah, praise the Lord. It, I bet you didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for telling me. <laughs> it's an encouragement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very much so. And we so, appreciate your ministry. So over the years, the Lord has taken you through different types of ministry from uh, tell us about that from Bible school to pastor, missionary. When we got married in 1982, we um, shortly after that, we moved to um, um, Carmax, Yukon. We traveled all the way over there and we had no money and wow. we didn't know how we were going to get there, but we were determined that's where God wants us to go. So mm. we got ready. We still didn't have no money. And then we got to Sioux Lookout. And then somebody came and gave us an envelope. And so we decided along the road to look at it. And here was money enough to take us all the way to Carmax. That's how the Lord provided the way. And the Lord used us and helped us and blessed us in so many ways over the years we don't even know how we lived on sometimes 200 sometimes 100 sometimes as much as 700 a month but the lord mm. was always giving us enough food enough you know things that we needed and he blessed us mm. with um you know those things all these years we we never had a job. We we just wanted to serve the Lord wherever he wanted us to go. And he provided for us all the way. And Amen. even people gave us gave us a vehicles. That's how we got to the Yukon. Somebody gave us an old vehicle and made it all the way to the Yukon and back again. <laughs> uh. The Lord was blessing us in that way all these years and we were in the Yukon for uh, about a year and then Gary got ill there and then so we came we had to come back um, out of there because the doctor then thought it was because of the lack of sunlight that's the reason why Gary was sick 
So that's yes. the mission moved us back to Kuwaitan Baba School. So that's where we went back to. And we um, we were there for um, not sure how many years we were in at uh, Kuwaitan. About four or five years we were there. And the Lord was with us in, in that too. And, you know, just meeting all the students that came and went and somehow passed away. And uh, the Lord has, you know, used many of them. I know that that Bible school, I think, did a lot because most of those students are still living for the Lord today. We thank the Lord for that. Yeah, even, mm. even though it was just a small Bible school, the Lord blessed it. Yeah, and that was in Kuwait. And it was, we were so sad when we heard it closed and the doors were closed. Yeah. Yeah. Would you have, um, you talked about how God provided for you throughout your life. Like, would you have something, a uh, verse or something you would change, you would share with the, the listeners just concerning how God has taken care of you? Yeah. Um, the verse that I had um, taken as my lifelong verse had always been in, found in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And it says, no temptation has take, overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with a temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You know, the Lord has really been helping me in that way, in, in that verse that he's always, and I always go back to that when things get hard or when things uh, seem to not go good god is telling me he's always has a place a, a way for us to be able to bear these things and to to let him to let us know that he's there for us and he'll always be there for us and that there was another one that i was reading about this morning in um deuteronomy 30 verse 8 and it says and the lord he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Now, those are the verses that the Lord was showing me this even this morning. As we think about things that have been happening around us, even with the COVID-19 and the deaths. There's so many deaths in our, in our area here. And we we commit every one of the you know people that we know that are going through hard times even today, and we pray for them. And the Lord is there to help us, whatever struggles that we go through. You know, God is there to be there at that very moment when we ask Him, and He's there, and He'll give us that comfort and that peace that nobody else can give. That's right. Yeah, that's the sense that I always, when I start worrying, you know, that, that sense of peace always comes. He says, just like the Lord says, I'm here, don't worry. 
because I'm looking mm -hmm. after you. And I'm thankful for that because he's always with us and always helping us when we go through hard times and through hard things. Mm. Yeah. And that's the, the verse that I remember, you know, God is always giving us that peace and that yeah. joy that, you know, that passes all understanding. There's no one else that could give us that peace. Yeah. Well, I'm encouraged to know that uh, even though when Gary um, got sick and then mm -hmm. Lord has given him many years yet yeah yeah to still serve and to do his work and god is not finished yet even though yeah. he's still not well but god still is in control and still has a plan for him yeah yeah i'm encouraged with i know that with god's provision when we have nothing we would go down and just pray and asking him for everything, all our needs, even for a house when we moved to Sioux Lookout. When I first, when we first got here, I said, oh, I don't want to live in Sioux Lookout. I don't want to live in this town. I don't want to, I want to go back to a reserve. But the Lord, you know, knew that's where he wanted us to be. So he provided a house for us, a house that we thought we would never have. But the Lord provided mm -hmm. that. And he provided for work and he continues to help us in our health. Mm. You know, we sometimes think, you know, um, as we get older, we have these aches and pains and stuff like that. The Lord is always there to help us and to, to encourage us through the things that he's already provided for us. Telling us, Hey, um, I brought you here and I will keep you and I will provide for you. You know, and that's the promise that he gives us when we follow him. He, he's always providing for us. He knows ahead of us. Even before we pray, he knows what we need. And I thank him for that. You know, yeah. Thank you, Christy. I guess I'm, I'm thinking of uh, Chris and I mean, think of her husband and the years of yeah. service that they've uh given to uh the communities across canada and and they're living in a place where it's a gateway to the north and i'm sure they still minister to different ones coming through i just want to i just want to encourage chris and her husband that uh they have no idea the hearts they've touched people's mm -hmm. lives they've touched and the encouragement that you have blessed me with this morning and just you talking about bible school and and the different friends that i've made and and i would not trade that experience for anything in the whole world i just i just want to thank you chris thank mm -hmm. you gary for all that you've done for the native communities across canada and and how you've ministered and you're still ministering thank you continue to serve the lord until he calls us home that's right. Yeah. Thank you for listening and uh, Lord bless each one. This has been a broadcast of Arrowhead Radio, a ministry of Arrowhead Native Bible Center. For good Christian resources, visit our bookstore at wabanakibooks.com. 
Look for a new episode next week, wherever you find your favorite podcasts.